you're doing well. If you don't know who I am, my name is John Jansen, and I'm an intern here at New Life Church. I work in the kids' ministry, and I also work in the coffee bar. I'm delighted to be with you today. Today, our reading is from the book of the Psalms. It's Psalm 61, and I'll be reading from the NIV version, but whatever you have is totally fine. Uh, as we go through it, I hope that you feel encouraged, comforted, and I think as we'll unpack some of the themes just sheltered by God, and that we would encounter his peace and safety in a new way today. But before I read, why don't you join me in prayer? Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us together today. I pray that wherever we are, however we're listening or watching this, I pray that your spirit would be with us. I thank you for the technology that brings us together. I pray that it would be used to your glory and that this time would be to your glory as well. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I said, we'll be reading from Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you have heard my vows, O God. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life, his years for many generations. He may, be, may he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then will I ever sing praise to your name and fulfill my vows day after day. So as we see in the heading of this psalm, it's a psalm of David. And it's not entirely clear at what point in time this psalm was written, at what point in sort of, at what stage of David's life. Um, especially in regards to sort of this blessing towards the king that happens later, it sort of calls into some interesting questions. Maybe David is um, expressing this psalm at a time before he's king and he's you know, sort of leaning into the promises that God has given him that he will be. Or maybe some scholars think that the blessing to the king was added afterwards for the purposes of congregational worship and singing, sort of a way to tie everyone together around a common thing. But aside from that, what I'd like to do is sort of go through this verse by verse, kind of, and just sort of pull out some of the things that I think are a little bit interesting or inspiring about it. The first of which is that Psalm 61 is a lament psalm. And normally when I think of a lament psalm, I think of these long, drawn-out passages describing this great depth and depravity um, that the writer has, you know, describing the real pain of a situation in great detail and really sitting in that emotion. And while I think it's really important to acknowledge um, the value of that experience of really sitting in our pain and, and acknowledging it, what I think is cool about this psalm is that it still does that. It acknowledges the pain, but it doesn't stay there for too long and instead sort of lands there for a moment, but then turns the attention over towards God 
and turns the attention over towards the things that God maybe could do to bring us out of our pain. So as I said, the first little section, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you as my heart grows faint. This is sort of that establishment of I'm not in a good place and, and I'm feeling, uh, feeling the need to cry out. So clearly there, I think there is still, it retains, I think, its status as a lament psalm, but um, in an interesting way. One thing to note is that I think um, in the from the ends of the earth statement, from the ends of the earth I call to you, this to me reminds me um, of being in a faraway land. And that happens a lot in, throughout the Old Testament. There's lots of stories of these great people of faith that are called out into distant lands or foreign lands, or maybe they're brought into exile. And you see the commitment of their faith and the, and the way that they struggle through those experiences. So I think that's sort of the context that we're working out of. But um, coming out of that, we get into some pretty cool um, statements about God being our shelter and God being our protector. The first of which being this, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Um, And I think this is interesting because all throughout the Bible, there's a lot of references to high places and the idea that being on a high place brings you close to God. And this idea that even in a faraway place um, and traditionally in an Old Testament understanding a place where other gods might have dominion, that God reigns everywhere, that Um, And you can get close to God in any of these places. There's still this desire for relationship and we can access that. Continuing on, um, we see the statement of a strong tower. But then the ones that I really think are interesting that really, um, for me, call back into attention this idea of being in God's presence is the dwelling in the tent in verse 4 and the shelter of the wings. And the tent, again, is kind of a really constant Old Testament theme. This idea that the tent is the meaning place between God and man. And even in the, in the New Testament, um, when the transfiguration happens, you see in this great meeting place between God and man, Peter desires to build these tents to market. So it's, it's this deeply ingrained idea um, that for hundreds of years, these tents were a symbol of this meeting place between God and man. But for the psalmist who's away from the temple, away from the tent of God's dwelling, they're calling out with their heart and seeking that shelter, seeking that connection. Continuing on, there's been this calling out from David throughout this psalm, but we sort of get an acknowledgement that maybe he's been heard in verse 5. For you've heard my vows, O God. And there's this, all those, this further acknowledgement that God is responding to the pain in the situation. And there's this faith in the inheritance or the heritage, your translation might read, um, the heritage of those who fear your name has been received. And that heritage, of course, is protection, safety, peace from God. And then, as I said before, we kind of transition into the days of the king's life and what all this might mean. Now, whether this was written, you know, sort of as David looking forward or for the king at the time, I think regardless The thing that strikes me that's really, really powerful about it is this blessing that would be on the king. What that would mean for the people of that kingdom is that that blessing would actually extend to them as well as members of the kingdom. So this blessing can seem, I think, a little bit alienating, maybe for some, because it's just a blessing about some random king. But I think a powerful way to read it is to sort of recognize that this blessing is extending to God's people under the kingship. 
And I'll read that blessing one more time. It says, may he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then I will ever sing praise to your name and fulfill my vows day by day. So all throughout the psalm, there's a real emphasis on God's power to protect. But not only to protect, but also to bring comfort. We see the imagery of the tent, the high place of protection, of closeness to God. Um, But what I think is really, really powerful is the constant connection between God's presence and the sort of relational side of things, being in the tent, being in the meeting place, to protection from things on the outside, from the elements or maybe from the danger that surrounds. And as I was reflecting on the psalm and sort of reflecting on some of the imagery and thinking about the tent, it sort of brought me back to when I was camping growing up. Now, I'm not from BC and I didn't grow up around a lot of rain. I grew up in sort of Alberta where it doesn't rain as much. But still, I have these really fond memories of being in a tent at a campsite and having the rain just hitting on the tent. And I think that what is so powerful about that experience, but also, you know, people talk about being under a tin roof and hearing the rainfall, is I think that in our homes, we're removed so far from the elements, from the winds and the rains. We live so deeply inside safety that we don't really have that connection to the things that are the wind and the rain, the things that might bring us fear or give us that sense of, un- of unsafety, of, of danger. And I think that sometimes this can dull that sense of sweetness that I think the psalm describes being in the shelter of the wings and in the tent. And I've, it sort of brought me into this bigger question about life with God and sort of our pursuit of comfort. I think that a lot of the times when we talk about, you know, sort of our Christian experience and our, and our sort of day-to-day, what we hope for out of our day-to-day walk with God, I think for a lot of us, especially in the West, there's this strong desire for comfort, safety, protection, orderliness, you know, things that we expect, things that we um, know. You know, we, we love, in the church, we love routine. We, we go to church on Sunday and there's sort of the ritualistic element of that. And I think that's all well and good. But I wonder if life with God might not mean a distance from discomfort, but might mean something more like a comfort within the discomfort. Just reflecting on the life of Jesus, thinking about how just in the weeds he was and how in the danger he was. He was constantly surrounding himself with sickness and with pain and with, and with possessed, you know, with the possessed. And, and he's always just in there doing such good work. But there's never really a sense that I thought that he's ever in danger. When he encounters the leper, there's no sense that I think that he's going to get sick. There's just this trust in God's protection over him. What's so cool is that same protection extends to us. So as we reflect on the words of the psalm, and as we sort of let them wash over us as we read, um, my prayer that wouldn't, would be that we don't avoid discomfort. We don't try and distance ourselves from the pain, um, the very real pain that's in our world. But instead that we would use these words to empower us to go further into it. We would venture out into the forest, venture out um, into the wind and the rain, knowing full well that we are safe. So as I close, that's my prayer for us today. And in prayer, I'd just like to read for us that same blessing that was for the king with the understanding that it extends to all of us. May you be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect them, God.
Then we will sing praise to your name and fulfill our vows day by day. Amen.